San Diego's plan to create community energy choice options is moving forward with the possibility of having more than 700,000 new customers. Community Choice Energy offers the chance to purchase energy separate from an investor-owned utility, which allows for quicker investment in green energy sources. Most of the county's cities are for the plan, as well as San Diego Gas and Electric. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Rob Nikoleski, you cover energy for the Union Tribune, and things are moving forward when it comes to the development of a CCA in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us, what's the latest developments? Well, the latest development is that the San Diego Region uh, CCA, Community Choice Aggregation Program, uh, that the city of San Diego is spearheading, they're one of five cities involved in this Community Choice Program. Mm -hmm. It's San Diego, I'm going to try to remember, see if I don't forget, San Diego, Chula Vista, La Mesa, Encinitas, and Imperial Beach. Nice. Thank you. Uh, All five of them have formed this CCA, which will basically, I'll give you like the 101, what a CCA is. Mm -hmm. They basically take over the procurement of a a power source. SDG&E, the utility, stays in existence. But as far as what kind of power you get, like whether it's natural gas or solar or wind, that's what the CCA takes uh, takes care of. In California, almost all of, well, all of the CCAs, they lean towards renewable energy like mm-hmm. solar and wind. Anyway, Which is certainly a big sell in the state. Exactly. And so this uh, uh, joint powers authority that these mm-hmm. five cities put together, they had their very first board meeting earlier this week. And the big takeaways there were uh, we learned – that they think that the potential number of customers is about 720,000. That's pretty which, good. Yeah, which will make this the second largest CCA in California. Mm-hmm. The other big takeaway was that we all knew that this thing was going to start sometime in 2021. They gave out some specifics about that. They said that it's still not set in stone yet, mm-hmm. but the plan is that in March of 2021, they will roll this thing out in three different phases. They'll do, first of all, the municipal uh, accounts, and then about four months later, they'll do the commercial accounts, and then in the final step, they'll do the residential accounts, which make up the biggest portion of the CCA. So how does this work? Um, do you get a choice between the SDG&E and the CCA? What do ratepayers? what will they see in the future? Very good question. You get defaulted into the CCA. So mm-hmm. if you live in San Diego, you will automatically go into the CCA. Now, if you want to stay with San Diego Gas and Electric for whatever reason, you can opt out, but you have to make that effort to do that. You have to fill out a form. It shouldn't cost you any money. You do have to fill out that form. So you can stay with sug if you want, but you're automatically defaulted to the CCA. Mm-hmm. So, and also... Part of the pitch of the CCA is that it is somewhat cheaper. How does that work? Well, what they do is they – the experience has been so far in California in the nine years that CCAs have been in operation that the CCAs are able to beat the utilities when it comes to their default programs, the CCA's default programs, which is like 50 – generally speaking, it comes to like 50 percent renewables, Mm -hmm. which is higher than the other investor-owned utilities, and it's slightly higher than San Diego Gas and Electric, which is about 45 percent. How are they able to do that? They say they're able to do that because there is less overhead. 
Mm-hmm. You're not paying for a whole bunch of executives. You're not paying, you know, basically this thing runs on a shoestring and it's a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So you're able to beat the utility on cost. Now, I, one quick caveat. There's normally a, two, sometimes three options that customers can pick. They can go with the default option, which is usually about 50% renewable, as we mentioned, or they can go for 100% renewable. Mm-hmm. And that's what San Diego will probably end up doing. The 100% renewable uh, effort is more expensive, and it usually does not beat the investor-owned utilities default plan. So I suppose one of the more clean metaphors describing a CCA versus a regular investor mm-hmm. utility would be kind of like a co-op gas station versus a regular one, right? Yeah, I think that that's probably a pretty good uh, explanation. And uh, also the um, the just we don't want to I don't want to muddy the waters too much. Mm-hmm. But there are municipal owned utilities. For example, the most well known one in or the two of the most well known in California is the Sacramento Municipal Utility District SMUD, mm-hmm. and also the um, Los Angeles Power and Water, the LAPWD or something like that. Mm-hmm. Those are very big municipal-owned utilities, and they usually beat the investor-owned utilities on price by a little bit, too. So this just raised some questions. What kind of impact does a CCA have on the utility that's in the same area? What happens to them? What happens to the utility? Yes. The utility stays put because they still have to take care of the power and the transmission. Even though the source of the power is done by the CCA, the actual wires, lines, servicing, and also this is important for the, you know, for the every everyday Joe and Jane. You will still get your bill. Even if you're in the CCA, you will still get your bill from SDG&E. Mm-hmm. They take care of the billing. There will be a line there saying, here's what you're paying because of the CCA. Okay, that makes sense. So, like in this hypothetical, let's say there's another wildfire that SDG&E mm-hmm. is found at fault for, like the one in 2007, they would still be liable for everything as things stand currently, right? Even with the CCA. Yes, yes, they would. And basically, the rule of thumb is if it's transportation, transmission, and or distribution, that the ratepayer is still on the hook for that because mm-hmm. that's something that the the uh, the utility is still going to be in charge of. So really, the wildfire question, it doesn't really affect the CCAs too much. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about all the kind of groups and cities that support this plan. Mm-hmm. Who are the people that don't support it? There's been a couple of, uh, of uh, cities that have come out against it. There was one in San Luis Obispo that, mm-hmm. uh, just a few months ago. And there was another one, I believe, in Ventura County that came out against it as well. Um, here in the San Diego area, some of the cities have balked. They like the idea of a CCA, especially since San Diego Gas and Electric has said that their plan is down the road, if they get approval from the Utilities Commission, to get out of the power procurement business. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, a number of people who are on the fence are saying, well, if, if sdg is not going to procure the power for us, I guess we, these government entities, we should jump on board. So even in places like, like La Mesa and Santee, which are fairly conservative areas, mm-hmm. they politically, they, um, they've they at least st- stuck their toe into the CCA thing because they're thinking, well, if, if, if SDG&E is not going to be involved, I guess we should too. And as part of this, there are big local and statewide goals to reduce emissions mm-hmm. and to help fight climate change. What's kind of the big banner 
estimate reduction if things go to the CCA and the kind of energy market goes from fewer renewals, renewables to more renewables? That's a very good question. And that's, I think that from, from studying this thing for the last few months or so, I guess maybe for a year or so, I think that's a good hard question the CCAs are going to have to face down the road. Uh Because I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but I'll try to explain this quickly. When uh, a CCA is able to beat SDG&E a lot of times on price, because SDG&E and the utilities bought renewable power contracts 10 years ago when Mm -hmm. renewable contracts were more expensive. Yeah, and the market shifted. Exactly. Now those renewable contracts are less expensive, and that's what the CCA is able to buy. Mm -hmm. So it's easier for them to beat SDG&E on price because SDG&E is saddled with these old contracts. That's not going to happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now. When those old contracts expire, they'll be competing against, if the utility's still around, procuring stuff, they're going to be uh, competing with them on a more one-to-one basis. Mm-hmm. And also in that time, there's been more investment in the infrastructure for renewables, so that also changes the game a little bit as well. Exactly. And then also there's the whole question about distributed energy sources. You know, if if, if you're able to, if you've got a solar uh, uh, system on your on your roof and you're able to use batteries, well, maybe you don't rely on whether it's the CCA that much or on the investor-owned utility. Mm-hmm. And also, this isn't really tied to San Diego because we have San Diego Gas and Electric, but PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, mm-hmm. is in dire fiscal straits right now. And there are going ongoing, through bankruptcy. And there are ongoing wildfires. So would a CCA help that kind of situation up there, or is they pretty much stuck with having to pay those what's due? They're pretty much stuck with, with PG&E because it's PG&E's responsibility. PG&E is in big trouble, well, for mm-hmm. a number of reasons. But the big reason that what, as far as the wildfires in the last couple of years have been is because their equipment has sparked wildfires. And the general thought has been they haven't been maintaining their lines very well. And mm-hmm. that's transmission and distribution. And as we said earlier, that goes right to the utility, and that's something that even a CCA customer is still on the hook for. All right. Rob Nikoleski, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. In other business news, the first executive director of the Comic-Con Museum has left for a job in Kansas. Adam Smith was hired to turn the Balboa Park location that would celebrate the con. The museum hasn't opened yet, but has been fundraising and has been posting on social media. There aren't plans to replace him, but the organization describes Smith's departure as a transition from Phase 1 to Phase 2 of development. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Our creative director is Beto Alvarez, and our digital editor is Ricky Young. This podcast comes together with support from our creative studio and reporters throughout the newsroom. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and support our journalism by signing up for our print and digital products at uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.